achieve therapeutic benefits. Forty to 45 degrees Celsius or 104 to 113 degrees Fahrenheit. Heat is not used to improve strength as strength, i.e. isotonic muscle contraction and endurance, actually decrease during the initial 30 minutes after application of deep or superficial heating agents. Strength will increase to above pretreatment levels approximately two hours after initial application. This is due to an increase in one's pain threshold from initial treatment. Interestingly, however, isometric strength increases for the first 30 minutes after the application of heat modalities. What are some of the benefits of ultrasound? Ultrasound has been shown to promote the fibroplasia phase of wound healing and release growth factors from macrophages as well as facilitate collagen production. So again, what are some of the benefits of ultrasound? Ultrasound has been shown to promote the fibroplasia stage or phase of wound healing and release growth factors from macrophages as well as facilitate collagen production. Okay. Here's some information about NMES, neuromuscular electrical stimulation. In order to elicit muscle contractions, the electrodes need to be on or near the motor point of the desired muscle to be stimulated. NMES is a treatment the therapist should assist the patient with and the patient should have a goal of 10 strong quality contractions. The frequency will need to achieve tetany of at least 35 pulse per second and on average will range from 30 to 80 pulse per second. Electric stimulation to elicit muscle contractions could be performed with a virtually infinite number of combinations of frequency, voltage, and intensity. The critical feature of any given set of parameters is its ability to generate an action potential in a motor nerve ending resulting in a tetonic contraction. This is characterized by strength duration curves. Strength duration curves. What do they illustrate? They illustrate the minimal combinations of voltage, intensity, and duration required to generate action potentials. By the way, neuromuscular electrical stimulation is a general term that describes a group of stimulators that use pulsating current to stimulate innervated musculature. This type of stimulation is used for maintaining or gaining 
gaining range of motion, facilitating a muscle contraction, and substituting for orthoses. The application of electrical stimulation for orthotic substitution is also termed FES, or functional electric stimulation. What are symptoms of cold intolerance? They include severe pain, numbness, and color changes, and can occur in patients with rheumatic disease, post-trauma, or post-surgery. Fluidotherapy is a dry heating agent that transfers heat via convection. It uses particles of cellulose that are suspended in the air and moves them like a liquid. The specific heat of this combination is very low. In other words, the amount of heat energy it contains at any given temperature is much less than that of water, and it can thereby, therefore, be much hotter. So, fluidotherapy is neither safer nor more dangerous than any type of superficial heating modality. It can be safely applied at a higher temperature because of its low specific heat capacity. Regarding ultrasound, when a depth of penetration of up to two centimeters is desired, what megahertz should a therapist use? Again, when a depth of penetration of up to two centimeters is desired, what megahertz should a therapist use? Three megahertz. That's ideal for treating hand and wrist pathologies. Ultrasound has been shown by some authors to be helpful in elongating scar tissue. A one megahertz ultrasound treatment is best used to treat deeper tissue when desired penetration is up to five centimeters in depth, such as the shoulder and lower extremities. Okay, now I'm going to talk about the gate control theory of pain modulation. In the 1960s, Malzac and Wall introduced the gate control theory of pain modulation, which was the stimulus for deeper investigation of pain mechanisms and pathways and refinement of their original theory. According to the gate control theory, Selectively stimulating non-nociceptive sensory fibers can quote-unquote block the process of input from nociceptive fibers at the quote gate at the level of the spinal cord to achieve pain reduction. The three types of afferent nerve fibers which get involved in this process are C, A delta, and A beta. C fibers which open the gate for sensory processing are involved in the perception of throbbing chronic pain. These small diameter fibers are unmyelinated and therefore transmit pain signals slowly. 
small diameter A delta fibers also open the gate, quote unquote, but are myelinated and relay messages of intense acute pain. In contrast, A beta fibers are large diameter, thickly myelinated, non-nociceptive fibers, meaning they do not transmit messages related to pain. A beta fibers work to quote-unquote close the gate by quickly relaying their messages to the spinal cord, flooding the neural pathways and interfering with processing of signals being transmitted to A beta and C fibers. Because the messages these fibers relay are thus stopped at the level of the spinal cord via the closed gate, quote-unquote, their signals are not transmitted to the thalamus for processing as pain perception, thereby resulting in analgesia. Clinically, electrical stimulation is thought to selectively stimulate A beta fibers to, quote-unquote, close the gate for pain processing. Pain processing. Okay. Um, here's a clinical gem regarding continuous passive motion. It has been shown to inhibit edema formation, increase healing, and improve the orientation of collagen fibers. Here's some information about electrical stimulation. Amplitude is also known as intensity. What does amplitude refer to? Amplitude refers to the magnitude of electrical current in reference to baseline and is measured in current or voltage. It can be measured in amps or volts. Increasing the amplitude or intensity of electrical current increases, quote-unquote, the strength of stimulation. Gradually increasing the intensity is generally more comfortable for the patient than doing so quickly. What is pulse duration? Pulse duration, also known as pulse width, refers to the time it takes for one electrical pulse to be completed, including the interphase interval. Again, what is pulse duration, also known as pulse width, refers to the time it takes for one whole electrical pulse to be completed, including the interphase interval, which separates pulses. What is frequency? Frequency is the rate at which alternating electrical current switches directions and is typically measured in hertz. So again, what is frequency? It's the rate at which alternating electrical current switches directions and is typically measured in hertz or cycles per second. One more time. What is frequency? It is the rate at which alternating electrical current switches directions and is typically measured in hertz or cycles per second. Rise time or AMP refers to a gradual progressive increase or decrease in amplitude. 
On time refers to the time during which electrical pulses are emitted during application of pulse current electrical stimulation, while off time is the time between these pulses. Duty cycle. What is duty cycle? It's a measure of on time in relation to total off time during pulsed current electrical stimulation. For example, the application of NMES with 10 seconds on time and 30 seconds off time to prevent excessive muscle fatigue would yield a duty cycle of 25%. Uh, 10 seconds on, 30 seconds off equals 40 seconds total time. Um, 10 seconds on, 40 seconds off is 25% duty cycle. All right. Um, for chronic conditions, what ultrasound frequency would one use? 3 megahertz for targeting tissue up to 2 centimeters. 3 megahertz. For targeting tissue up to 5 centimeters, 1 megahertz. What about chronic conditions, soft tissue shortening, muscle spasm, and pain? What would the intensity be? Usually 0 0.5 to 1.0 watts per centimeter squared, and the treatment duration is about 5 minutes. What about for um, target tissue up to five centimeters depth? Again, for chronic condi conditions, soft tissue shortening, muscle spasm, and pain, intensity is usually 1.5 to 2.0 watts per squared centimeters, and treatment duration is seven to 10 minutes. Okay. Um, What is direct current? Direct current refers to continuous flow of ions or electrons in one direction for at least one second. Direct current can be interrupted if the flow is disrupted for one second or more before continuing in the same direction or reversed if the current stops for at least one second before continuing in the opposite direction. During the application of direct current, one electrode is permanently the anode while the other is the cathode unless reversed direct current is being applied. The most common example of direct current is iontophoresis. What is the most common example of direct current? Iontophoresis. Okay. What is alternating current? Alternating current refers to the uninterrupted flow of ions or electrons, which changes direction at least one time per second. The frequency with which the direction changes is measured in hertz or cycles per second. During the application of 
alternating current, the electrodes continuously switch in their function as anode or cathode. Alternating current and direct current can be pulsed, meaning that the flow of ions or electrons is stopped before restarting. Each electrical event or period of current flow is referred to as a pulse. These pulses can be monophasic, with current flow in one direction before ceasing, or biphasic, with current flowing in one direction, then the opposite direction. The amplitude or intensity of each pulse is measured in the units of amps or volts, voltage. Examples of alternating current include interferential and Russian current. All right. Um, when is continuous passive motion most effective? It is most effective in the early phases of wound healing and scar formation, as it has not been proven effective once contraction has occurred. Continuous, continuous passive motion enhances the healing and regeneration of musculoskeletal tissues, including articular cartilage, synovial membranes, joint capsules, ligaments, and tendons. Continuous passive motion also is used to overcome joint stiffness and pain as it minimizes the disadvantages associated with immobilization. Okay, here's some information about um, cold and uh, cryotherapy. Initially, vasoconstriction occurs, usually the first 15 minutes, and then it'll have a secondary temperature cycling with vasodilation, followed by vasoconstriction. This is known as a hunting response. There's decreased edema and inflammation. After five minutes of cooling, there's decreased nerve conduction velocity. There's decreased spasticity, decreased metabolic rate. There's a combination of, oh, sorry, combination of cold with elevation and compression can be used to control edema. There's decreased conductivity to peripheral nerves. Therefore, prolonged exposure can lead to neuropraxia. There's decreased tissue extensibility, increased pain threshold, and stimulation of the hypothalamus. Cryotherapy uses conduction and evaporation as the modes of transfer. Conduction in regards to the cold is the opposite as seen in heating. In cryotherapy, it is the body that is the high-energy substance, and the agent is the low-energy substance. Heat is transferred from the body to the agent. Evaporation is cooling that happens at the surface of a substance. That evaporating material must absorb energy to change states from a liquid. The energy is transferred from the body to the liquid, and the body is cooled by the energy loss. 
The mechanism is sweat and vapo coolant sprays. So with regard to the physics of heat loss, factors that affect conduction are temperature differential, tissue conductivity, length of application, and type of agent. A clinical gem is that a cold area takes longer to return to its previous temperature than a heated area due to diminished countercurrent heat exchange. The countercurrent heat exchange mechanism is the way the body maintains a constant temperature. What we see here is warm blood coming from the heart encountering cold blood in the vein returning to the heart. Due to the proximity, the temperature differentials are evened out over a distance resulting in a constant temperature. When vasoconstriction causes reduced blood flow to the area, there is less blood to heat the area. Therefore, the cooled area will take longer to take to take longer to return to a baseline temperature. All right. Here are some Clinical gems, re, re, ugh, clinical gems regarding recommended settings for NMES parameters. Frequency, usually 35 to 80 hertz. The greater the frequency, usually a smoother tetonic contraction will be achieved. However, as frequency is increased, there will be greater muscular fatigue. So again, mm, frequency is thirty-five to eighty hertz. What is the usual? or recommended setting for NMES for pulse width duration, 150 to 350 microseconds. Smaller muscles, 150 to 200 microseconds. Larger muscles, 200 to 350 microseconds. Okay, I'm gonna talk about NMES parameters more in the future when I feel like I understand it better. So I'm gonna, talk about acoustical streaming now. What is acoustical streaming? It's the term for the overall forward movement of fluids in response to exposure to ultrasound waves. So again, what is acoustical streaming? It's the term for overall forward movement in fluids in response to exposure to ultrasound waves. What is cavitation? Cavitation, which can be stable or unstable, is the formation of gas bubbles within cells in response to ultrasonic exposure. Again, what is 
cavitation. Cavitation is the formation of gas bubbles within cells in response to ultrasonic exposure. And one more time, acoustical streaming. What is acoustical streaming? It's the term for overall forward movement of fluids in response to exposure to ultrasound waves. Experimentally, both acoustical streaming and cavitation have been demonstrated in vitro, but not in vivo. Furthermore, several physiological changes are demonstrated by cells in vitro in response to exposure to lower intensity ultrasound. The non-thermal effects include increasing permeability of the cell wall, producing micro-shearing effects, promoting free radical formation and mast cell degeneration. What does phonophoresis rely on? Phonophoresis relies on acoustic streaming to quote unquote push medication through the skin. This has not been empirically demonstrated and the use of phonophoresis to reduce pain and inflammation is not supported by current evidence. Okay, what does EMG stand for? Electromyography. What does electro mean? Electrical activity. What does myo mean? Muscle. Graphy means graphical representation. Ultrasound heats tissues with a high collagen content such as tendons, ligaments, joint capsules, and fascia. Clinical gem. If the clinician is using contrast baths for desensitization, Start with mild temperature differences and gradually increase temperature differences as sensitivity decreases. For severe edema, some authors advocate ending contrast bath treatments in cold water for one minute. Patients may also benefit from performing a gentle pumping or fisting motion during the contrast bath to further encourage edema reduction. Okay, um, so reviewing methods of heat transfer. What is conduction? Conduction requires direct contact of skin with a heat or cold surface or source. Again, conduction requires direct contact of skin with heat or cold source. The examples are hot packs, cold packs, paraffin, and ice massage. What is convection? Convection involves movement of particles directly across the skin. Again, what is convection? It involves movement of particles directly across the skin. What is radiation? Radiation involves transfer of heat through a conducting mechanism, such as air, does not require physical contact. Examples are laser and infrared lamps. What is conversion? Conversion involves the changing of one energy source, such as a sound or electricity, into heat. 
Examples are ultrasound and diathermy. All right, here's a clinical gem regarding ionophoresis. Ionophoresis, direct current in, in ionophoresis, the drug delivery electrode should have the same polarity as the active ion of the drug being delivered. Remember, like repels like. Example, dexamethasone sodium phosphate ion is negative. Therefore, the drug delivery electrode should be negative. So again, in regards to ionophoresis, direct current, the drug delivery electrode should have the same polarity as the active ion of the drug being delivered. Remember, like repels like. Example, dexamethasone, sodium phosphate ion is negative, therefore the drug delivery electrode should be negative. Okay, um...